0: Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester, with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: A wise old sage said this one time, he says, As you go throughout life, you are going to have many opportunities to keep your mouth shut. Take advantage of all of them. Take advantage of all of them. And I can relate to that. And the reason is, is today, because of the advancement, you know, if we think about the internet and social media, people, because they can hide behind a screen or they can hide behind a computer, even several thousands of miles away, they have no conscience or problem speaking their minds online and that's the world we live in today and it's not just young people it's from every class every age group How amazing is your
0: Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ. The book of James warns us about the use of our tongue. Today on Truth in Christ, Pastor Rob examines how we use our tongues. In fact, in the book of James, chapter 3, we see that even James calls the tongue a world of iniquity. We all know that words can hurt others if used improperly. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we must tame our speech to be encouraging, non-judgmental and always loving to others as ambassadors of jesus christ we must always be aware of how we represent him as christians we should remember that we are always preaching a sermon with our everyday actions as others are watching let's listen to pastor rob with today's teachings
1: this morning if you could let's uh, open up our bibles to james chapter 3 and let's stand together and let's read it together James chapter 3, verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt and fresh, salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Lord, we do pray that, Lord, these words that have been written down for us many, 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 many years ago, God would take root in our heart, Father, for we know that we are no different than the original audience that this letter was written to, Father. We all are the same. And so, Lord, encourage our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we're looking, obviously, at James chapter 3, and in the middle of, uh, as cold and flu season come upon us, grab your tongue and say, I am not going to let you get away with it anymore. <laughs> Don't do that, actually. Yeah. No, we can't let this little thing in our mouth get away with it anymore. Today, we have to put a a, a sentence of death upon it. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So, just a quick outline of this of this chapter. The, the very first couple of verses just give us the warning concerning being a teacher uh, in, in front of the body of Christ, and, or in front of anybody for that matter. There's a great responsibility. And then James, the Lord's half brother, gives us illustrations of a horse's bit and a rudder of a ship and how they guide and navigate. And then finally, in verse 6, the destructive nature of our tongue is very evident, and we see that in our society right now. We see it within our own families even. And it also speaks about, in verse 7 and 8, the untamable tongue, this tongue that will not keep quiet, this unruly piece of flesh behind our teeth. And also, in verses 9 through 12, the inconsistency of the tongue and its comparisons to nature. And then finally, the difference between worldly and godly wisdom. And so as we look at this uh, chapter today, I want to read to you. A wise old sage said this one time. He says, as you go throughout life, you are going to have many opportunities to keep your mouth shut. Take advantage of all of them. Take advantage of all of them. And I can relate to that. And the reason is, is today, because of the advancement You know, if we think about the Internet and social media, people, because they can hide behind a screen or they can hide behind a computer, even several thousands of miles away, they have no conscience or problem speaking their minds online. And that's the world we live in today. And it's not just young people. It's from every class, every age group, all the way up to our president. I know that's a shocker. But even all the way up, everybody in between, and even young ladies and mature women use language that would make their fathers and their grandfathers blush if they heard what they were saying online today. And some men and women have anonymous profiles online so that they have the freedom to just spew this ugliness all over everyone that, that they want. And this ought not to be. Amen? And you know people like that. Perhaps, hopefully you're not one of them. But I, I've, I've known people who have an anonymous uh, profile in whatever it could be Twitter it could be Facebook and they, they remain anonymous but they'll share their the, the, just the ugliness from the heart and it's so destructive and they hide behind it with no fear of consequence and many use it as an opportunity just to vent all the pent-up frustration and anger at everything in life it could be politics it could be your own personal situation we've let our mouths run all over our keyboards We can be rash and unreasonable, downright vile, and we need to stop it. We need to stop it, especially if you call Jesus your Lord. And for you young people, and I know this is true for adults as well, but for you young folks especially, don't think that your future employers aren't going to look at your Facebook page. Don't think that they're not going to look at your Twitter account because they want to find out who is it that I'm hiring Who is it that I'm putting behind the most important part of my business? And character does matter. And even outside of Christ, character matters, but especially in Christ and how we need to be very careful and to uh, model that that behavior before not only the the unsaved, but especially in the household of God. We need to make sure that we model that behavior for the believer and to the believer, or for the unbeliever and to the believer. Because Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, Jesus said, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murderers, or murders and adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. In James chapter 1, we get into it here. He says, My brethren, let not many let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive, receive a stricter judgment. And the judgment that James is speaking of here is the beam seat judgment, which we have looked at before. Every person in this world is going to be under some judgment. They're either going to, we're either going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ where our, our salvation is not going to be the thing that's in, 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 in jeopardy so much, but the crowns that we will receive, the rewards that we will receive as being a Christian— And a big part of that is how we deal with what comes out of our mouth. If I can control my whole mouth, as we're going to see later, I can control the rest of my body. If I can control my tongue, I can put in submission everything else in my life. But for some reason, this little thing that we hold in our mouth, which is really just a representation of what's inside of us, isn't it? Because this thing is not autonomous. The tongue that we have is is just a microphone of what's happening in here, in our heart. And God is very concerned about what is within us, and so it really is important that we take a good look at that. But he says, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that ye shall receive a stricter judgment. It is true. And that's why I take what I get the privilege to do very seriously. And any teacher, whether you're in the public school, whether you're in a Christian school, you're in a college, you're an adjunct professor, it doesn't really matter. You're Role is so important. The things that you say can cut down somebody so quick and it can also build somebody up so quickly. A professor has the ability to destroy a life with one word because they are looked up to. The standard is high. People look up to them and they should. People look up to ministers, they look up to pastors. We're no different than anybody else. However, there is an accountability, and there is this place that God places each one of us, and it really behooves us to be careful about how we um, conduct ourselves in those positions. There are so many examples of a a professor sharing with a a student body, or one-on-one, and How he or she conducts themselves can make the difference in whether this young person is going to succeed and go on or whether they're going to be cut down and they're just going to fall back and they're going to fall out. Just one little word is so easy to say. Turn with me, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 3. Now, up on the screen here, I have some verses listed, and we may not go through all of them. We may just hit a few of them, but you can write them down. You can look at them later, but they all are in reference to this first verse that we have here. But in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 17, God says to Ezekiel, He says, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. And you can see, as Ezekiel is a priest, he is God's prophet. He is also in the role of teaching. And he's saying, Ezekiel, take my word very carefully. If I tell you to do something, it's important that you follow through. And it's true for us, too. If God has spoken to your heart to do something, do it. And if it's meant to encourage somebody, and especially in the encouraging, we're so easy, if if you're like me, it's so easy to be corrective. But it's so much more wonderful when God gives you a word for somebody to say, go up and just tell them how much I'm pleased with what they're doing. Will you go up to them and just encourage them? You know, I think if we did that more often, we'd have a whole different world. Our church family would be so much different. And I'm so glad that most of you are like that. You're like that. You, you want to bless. You want to encourage. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 6, he says this. Speaking of the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus said, verse 6, they love, speaking of them, they love the best places at feasts the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men rabbi, rabbi, or master, teacher. And you are all brethren. He says, do not call anyone on earth, or I'm sorry, but you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, and he who is in heaven. It's important that we take that very carefully. There's only one teacher. And you know, that's why some people will address a pastor or a a priest or something like that. They'll call him holy father or reverend so-and-so. The Bible says that there's only one who is reverend. And it's only mentioned once in the Bible. Jesus is reverend. There's only one reverend. There's only one real true father with a capital F. Of course, we call our fathers father, and we know in context what we're speaking of, but when we speak of a father in the sense of a place of authority, there is really only one, and that's Jesus himself. So there is a great privilege and a great responsibility. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, it says, But he who did not know, yet committing these things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with few. For everyone to whom much is given, for him much will be required, and to him or to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask the more. And so when we are given that great responsibility of teaching, we have to take it very seriously in whatever fashion that comes in. And it is a great responsibility. In verse 2 it says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect or a full-grown, mature person, a mature Christian man. Or woman, able also to bridle the whole body. Notice that. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is mature and able to bridle the whole body. If you can control this, chances are you can control your other appetites as well because this one is the one that's the easiest to let go. It's very natural to us because we use it to communicate. That's, you know, how many words do we speak in a day? Very easy just to let things come off our tongue. And so, therefore, if you can bridle that tongue, the heart behind that tongue. You can do everything else. You can do everything else. Notice that James includes himself in there. He says, For we all stumble in many things. Every one of us. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And I'm so glad that Jesus loves me. Aren't you glad that he loves you too? Regardless of anything you've ever done, it is such a blessing. And notice also... In Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 5, says, Woe is me, Isaiah said, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. And I love the fact that there are examples like this in the Bible because when we think of apostles and we think of prophets, we tend to put them on a higher pedestal and we forget that they are no different than we are. We are all sinners saved by grace. And I love even the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8-10. through 10, He says, if we say that we have no sin, in other words, if we say that we, have, we don't have a sin nature, We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Notice the pronouns. (laughs) If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then finally he says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so again, the Apostle John, the beloved Apostle, the one who laid on the breast of Jesus on that night of the Last Supper, this wonderful man, he would include himself in saying, we have all sinned, and my tongue needs to be cleansed. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says this, and this is a passage we know very well. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and here it is, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, I remember when I first got saved, one of the first things that came, uh, that the Lord took from me was my rotten mouth. And I've probably said this before, but I used to have a mouth like a sailor and one of the first things he took from me that i noticed i mean there were things that lingered but there are certain things that and this is your experience i'm i'm sure as well when you first gave your heart to christ there were things that he just took out by his grace just to encourage you that hey i'm i'm in you by your by my spirit i'm inside of you and that was such an encouragement and some things he just took away completely and you you didn't even miss them it just kind of like wow all of a sudden i'm a different person because <laughs> you are and yet some things linger, but one of the first things that I noticed was my rotten mouth, and he took it away from me, and I am so glad. And we need to be concerned about every word that comes out of our mouth, because one day we will give an account for those words. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. That's, pretty, that's from the Lord himself. Those are his words. And so how careful do we need to be? How do we need to pray and say, God, will you be the governor of my heart and my mouth? Will you set a gate at my lips? Will you help me be that man or woman of God where everything I say is seasoned with grace and there's nothing in it that is going to offend anybody? You know, if we thought about Jesus being with us everywhere we go, And every single word that we speak, know that he is there present with you. I think it would change the way I speak, and it would change the way you speak. So the next time you're about ready to lay into somebody, the next time you're about to get into it with something, and you're like feeling really nasty and negative, remember, you're standing before God Almighty, and you're speaking to one of those whom he loves. Amen? It's hard. You know, there's an old children's rhyme that says, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. But that's not true. Certainly sticks and stones will break bones, but names and things that we say can hurt somebody so deeply. A husband and a wife, you know this. Fathers and and mothers to children, you can say one word to your wife, to your spouse. You can say one word to your child, and boy, you can break them so quickly. And even though they may forgive you, they may never forget it. That's how can you forget a wound from a loved one when somebody says something? And you know, there are people in this fellowship right now where you've said something or something's been said to you in the past and even right now, this very day, you're thinking to yourself, I haven't forgiven them and I'm not going to. (laughs) Or something that has been said that has ripped your family apart and now there's this Family that's divided and scattered—it's almost like the children of Israel. There's like this diaspora of, of family members all throughout the United States because they can't stand to live with one another because of the things that have been said. They're like, you know what? I'm not going to live there anymore. I'm out of there. I'm going to go find a job in St. Louis. I'm going to go find a job. Home. I'm going to get away from my parents. You know that what they've said to me has hurt me. Or perhaps you got a spouse. You know, where you've said something, I know that I can say something to my wife and I can hurt her so easily, so quickly, and boy, I have to really watch myself. It's better that I keep it inside my own rotten heart at times when I get frustrated. It's better that I keep it inside and say, Lord, you deal with this in me so that it doesn't manifest itself outwardly. Because when it does, people get hurt and sticks and stones break bones, but names are really destructive, really destructive. Many best friends and families have been torn apart, never to be reconciled. And many of you in this room are a beneficiary of of that problem. Maybe you've had a best friend. But being able to control our tongue is evidence of our spiritual maturity. Verse three, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths and they, that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. You know, when you think about the, the strength of a horse and yet this beast can be controlled by putting a bit in its mouth and under, and by its tongue and you can control this, you know, couple-ton horse or whatever it is, a 2,000-pound horse or, or bigger, and you can control this thing. And what what is how big of a deal is it if you are in an army or you're
0: running... Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.